Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast NBA Edition. Today, we are going to be giving our NBA draft recap. And when you're talking hoops, you got to have the hoop expert of the team. We got Mr. Evan Debo with us today. How you doing today, sir? Good, Martin. It is uh, finally basketball season. Finally. Again, I know we just ended it a few months ago, but it's it's been a year like no other. But I'm excited to have all 30 NBA teams back uh, this month. And uh, it, it really started back on November 20th with the, uh, the NBA draft. Right. And that was November 20th. And the basketball season being back, I believe, December and 12th is when preseason games start. Uh, yeah, so essentially a week from week from today, we'll start having pre yeah preseason games. Uh, so there'll be a there'll be a handful kind of in small markets. Um, you'll see a lot of teams that are in close proximity to one one another playing um, home and home series. Obviously, with uh, in most cases, uh, with and I and probably with all in all cases in actuality, uh, no fans. But um, you'll see a lot of kind of we'll call it mini bubble basketball. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll go from there starting uh, in the next seven days is exciting. That is training camp started this this past Tuesday for NBA players. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get a little bit more of, of that offseason. But as you said, yeah, they all started back on uh, back at the end of November with the uh, the NBA draft. That That is what I'm like. Like Evan said, we've got a very special episode for you guys today. We got two. We got two episodes for you guys. This one we're going to be talking a two-parter, two-parter, yeah. This one we're going to be talking about the NBA draft strictly, the uh, lottery, the top ten, some of what we think um, went down that night, and then the second part after we're done with this, you guys go over and listen to our one that we're going to be talking about the NBA offseason. We're going to talk about the start date, Christmas games, offseason moves that have happened, and we're just going to get you up to speed so you guys can get ready for the NBA season, which starts off in a couple of weeks. But this episode, draft, next episode, that's right after this, offseason. So with that being said, Evan, you ready to just dive into this draft? Let's go. So top of the top of the boards, we had the Yeah, uh, and with the Minnesota, a lot of people, they have uh, Carl Anthony Towns and just a side note. He is going through a lot. As everyone knows, his mom went through, uh, passed away from COVID. And he's also had seven family members pass away through COVID. So we wish him all the best with him and his family. But he is a great player. They got our guy from Ohio State, D'Angelo. So they got the big and the point guard. Yeah, with Kata Bates. Two guys technically with Kata Bates. Hopefully gets more playing time this year off a side note. But a lot of people thought they were going to go shooting guard. And the top shooting guard in this draft, um, but a lot of experts, was Anthony Edwards. He was the number one pick out of Georgia. Uh, his strengths, I've seen him play a couple of times. He is very explosive. He's a powerful guy. He's really good in transition. A lot of people were trying to compare him to a young Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade himself said that Anthony could potentially be better, which is a very lofty goal to be better than the third greatest shooting guard of all time. And if it wasn't for LeBron James, Dwayne Wade would be the best player in the 2003 draft class. So that that's some lofty goals. I, when I've watched him, he doesn't really play defense all that well to me. I think that he needs to improve on that, but I think it was the safe pick for the Timberwolves. What do you see when you, Look at Anthony uh, Evan. I think when when you look at this this draft, which obviously was considered weak, there was a lot of talk in the top that um, Minnesota and Golden State would trade down, try to acquire assets for maybe a you know a team that was a little bit further back, you know, from the the numbers like six to fourteen pick area, you know, trying to get up. There's a lot of rumors that was Minnesota going to actually. Um, take a pick, and obviously they they did with Anthony Edwards, as you said. I mean, so Anthony's Anthony's a big physical guy. He's he's six five. He's got a six nine wingspan. Um, really physical physical guard. Um, he attacks the the bucket with with ruthless abandon. I mean, he's he's somewhat of a um, somewhat of a bull when it comes to uh, to getting into the paint. 
um, can can absorb contact. But I mean, with him, it's and with with some of these prospects, and, and mostly, and honestly, a lot of these yeah. prospects, there's a lot to be seen. We had a shortened college basketball season. We've especially when you've got these freshmen coming in too. You don't you see them try to figure out how to be a freshman in college and how to be 19 away from home for the first time and everything else. And a lot of that gets cleared up in, in the NBA when they make the pros. But, um, you know, there are a lot of question marks with Anthony Edwards. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I want to make sure I say Anthony Edwards, uh, in my opinion, was the best player in this draft, given all the information we had leading into this, all the scouting reports, everything. There was no better pick than Anthony Edwards. So the Timberwolves uh, got to uh, to pair alongside uh, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and company. Um, a great pick if you're going to keep the pick. Um, where he ha- needs to grow a little bit is um, just, I mean, plainly just some of the, I don't want to say maturity, but it's kind of some of the inconsistent um, uh, inconsistency in his mindset. So he, he takes plays off when he's not guarding on ball. Um, you'll see guys slip backdoor screens, uh, on him and he'll just get, sometimes he'll get a little lackadaisical. So, um, again, it was an up and down year, um, you know, learning a new system in college, everything else. Um, so defensively he's got some work to do, but obviously his, his shooting offensively is something that really needs to come along as well. So, um, again, he is a, he's, he's kind of a a Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, early on attacking the basket, a guy needs to develop his is uh you know 18 feet and out shot um he can he can do that and again he's he's so 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 young only 19 so we'll we'll see how the cards fall but um no great pick for the the timberwolves here to pair with 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 carl anthony towns and company and that's um, a pretty good young things are looking good with the number two pick evan who the warriors take number two uh James Wiseman, um, a lot of people saw too. Same concept. Was Gold State going to trade down? Were they going to try to pair uh, Wiseman and, and Wiggins, and you know maybe some some other pieces to try to get that next All Star looking, you know, to try to extend Curry's um, Curry's run, who's who's I believe he's thirty now. I think um, you know into into what the next five years going to look like in the Bay Area. Um, but nope, they're ushering in the uh, the new new arena there with uh with uh mr james wiseman so we we only saw obviously a few quick games um from him at memphis um obviously kind of you know plagued by some of the 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 benefit issues of of getting that was suspended a little bit then just called it called it a year before covid happened and you know i'm done i'm going to focus on the draft uh 19 in in the short short time we saw 19.7 points a game uh 10.7 rebounds three blocks i mean he is your prototypical big who can who can rim run who's who's great defensively um you know arguably easily worth that that number one pick too you know if they didn't have carl anthony towns in minnesota james wiseman easily could have been the number one pick as as well um but again you know it's we're we're in a league where we're moving away from from bigs where we're finding that you know you can find the the clint capellas um you can find the larry nances you know to come in and and be your uh your pick and roll uh rim runners there into uh set solid screens for your your combo guards james is bigger than that um in stature and in in how he plays um he's uh he's got great mechanics um for for a big he's got he's got a strong uh strong post up game for his for his age at again only another 19 year old there i um, really like to pick for the warriors and then um you know unfortunately too with the, the clay thompson injury news they're gonna James is going to have to earn his uh, earn his stripes sooner rather than later, um, and and be a, a key part of uh, how Gold State runs things. Setting setting pick hard picks for um, for Wiggins and for for Curry and um, and and working on some interior passing stuff um, from from the foul line down um, with with Draymond setting setting each other up. I mean, how those two bigs roll is going to be honestly more important than how how Curry rolls, in my opinion, because we know Curry is going to Curry. Um, as long as he's healthy, so it's going to be those those two bigs on the offensive side of things um, doing the the high low, you know, post ups, the the some of the backdoor plays that we see Golden State. They are phenomenal off ball moving team. James is going to have to switch his game a little bit. Um, you know, as as kind of a guy who likes a half court offense and what little we've seen of him. But no great pick here. By and large, again, he could have been easily the number one pick. Um, you know, just depending on the team that was up there. 
but uh, nope, excited to see him as a as a Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that I, mean, I really don't have much to add on that except for like the trade. I always thought that the Warriors were going to trade this pick. I I know there was talks about packaging this to Washington with Wiggins and getting like Bradley Beal, another shooter, because uh, that would he would probably fit the best in their system in terms of all-star shooters right now, but it didn't happen. The few games that you said about James, I mean, the guy, the guy is seven feet, like 250, like seven, five wingspan. The guy's huge. So I'm really interested to see how he could develop. The last, I remember the bigs with the Warriors championship runs, Zaza Abitulia, uh, Andrew Bogut. So having a young guy like James who can run up and down the floor, hopefully with this Warriors pace, will be interesting. And Steve Kerr is a great coach, and I'm sure that they'll develop him in the way that he needs to get developed. Martin, number three, we uh, we like to we like to ball here in the NBA of late. Um, Charlotte took Lamelo. You know, I, I think that was how most saw this going down after the. The, the top two were off the board. Um, you know, there was, there was some discussion, discussion amongst analysts, you know, really drastically one way. And then as they push closer to the draft, drastically another way saying that, you know, they could see LaMelo really, really sliding, maybe all the way down to, um, you know, someone like the Knicks or the Pistons, a seven or eight. Um, and then there was a huge push, I think, by some of the ESPN contingents and um, you know some of the draft analysts yeah. over there of man, Lamelo is the best player in this draft. People will be regretting this. And I thought that was kind of a, an interesting push. I mean, I I've never been. I think most people, most people, at least in our our talking circles, um, would feel the same that you know Lamelo was not better than than James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards. But um, alas, he he does uh, come to Michael Jordan, Charlotte Hornets um, by way of the Illawarra Hawks. Um, by way of that one brief stint in Lithuania for like a hot second. I don't even know if we played a game there. Um, by way of uh, Chino Hills High School uh, in California, where we famously saw him do a lot of cherry picking on defense. Um, I don't know if he, he basically at best ran from three-point arc to three-point arc in a lot of those clips we'd see um, where he was dropping stupid amounts of points and stuff on that on that team. but. Um, we have our second ball brother in the league with and, and second ball draftee um, to the Hornets. Uh, Martin, quick thoughts on what LaMelo brings uh, to the Charlotte oh, Hornets he's, he's um, in his playing style. He, he's an elite point guard. He did good things overseas. He can dribble. He can pass. He has he can throw outlet passes. He has magic. Call him the magic passes. He has great court vision. This situation with Charlotte, you just once it was the first two picks, it's basically take the best player available, and Lamella was the best player available. I know Charlotte just got Terry Rozier, so it's interesting to see what they're going to do with him if he's going to be maybe shipped out or regulated to a come off the bench role. Because Lamella, I mean, you draft someone this high, you expect them to be your future. So I think he will be fine. I think he still needs to improve his shooting. But I only, I always feel like that's a ball family issue with their shooting, uh, three point shooting, free throw shooting. Uh, you already talked about the cherry picking, so obviously he has to play defense in the NBA. And he's only he won't turn nineteen. I think he just turned nineteen, but just turned nineteen, so he could potentially still just turn nineteen grow. So he can fill out his body more. But I just think with this one. You just took the best player available, and Lamelo was the best player available. Cause you already hit that during draft night. Everyone was saying that Lamelo was the overall best player in the draft. So, won't hit two, but I think I don't think he. I thought he was the top three, but best player available. That's what MJ and Charlotte took. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely a high upside pick here. In in uh, my opinion, yeah. I, again, it's so hard to judge when some of those guys are are not playing against kids their own age and systems with other people their own age, such as what NCAA, um, the NCAA offers. Now, granted, like, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this G League Elite team does as a, as a new kind of almost like a, an NBA prep program um, where you've got some of the 2021 guys all playing on a team getting paid like 500K a year in some instances. 
to be a G League team this year. But um, you know, playing in the off the Australian league and Lithuania and and not going to college and stuff. I mean, sometimes it hurts guys draft status status. I mean, again, he went three, uh, but it, it's hard to judge where he's at as a, as a player in, in a lot of places. So we have to really look at form and mechanics defensively. He's bad. I mean, he's really bad. Um, what helps is the only thing, I mean, a lot of times when you're when you're a taller or longer guy with the uh, I mean he's almost got a ten a seven foot wingspan, um, a six six ten officially listed as for his wingspan, but that really helps you recover. I mean when you're when you're step late because your head's not in it and your mechanics are poor, you can rely on your physical size to help uh, help recover when a guy blows by you um, to help with you know a deflection right. that really should have been a steal, those kinds of things. So, I mean, that's that obviously bodes well for him. I'm going to throw out a name to you pre-injury that he reminds me a lot of. And honestly, I think he's a, I think he's a way better passer than, than this guy was. Um, now, granted, he had a, a really long career after the fact, but size-wise, um, you know, at the point guard position and um, in basketball okay. IQ, um, I see a lot of Sean Livingston in him. I really do pre pre obviously devastating clipper injury and obviously he had a a really great run um he played briefly i think for the Cavs in 2010 2011 um then was picked up uh either the next year or the the year after by golden state where he um you know backed up steph curry and was just a an absolute problem for any opposing point guard he'd get you on the block and that little nasty turnaround i mean he he was very methodical he wasn't as explosive or anything as explosive or a great passer that that lamello can be i mean lamello certainly um is is a problem in the the open court um with his his vision and his passing game much like much like lonzo is but also unfortunately like lonzo is really struggles with his uh with his shooting mechanics i mean they're they're really bad they're not michael kidd gilchrist bad for people and it's effective but um i think he's got to i think he's got to get that cleaned up are people just going to clam in on him? Um, and you know, then you're kind of chasing the, the Ben Simmons route, but you know, in Ben Simmons case, obviously otherworldly defender, passer, everything else, but shootings and Lamel is obviously not that. And I don't even know if he projects that, but then you're kind of just, you're, you're a one trick pony on offense uh, as a, just a distributor only. And a, um, somebody who can kind of play off ball a little bit. So we'll we'll see. Again, there um, there's some other moves that the the Hornets play. We'll talk about in part two of this podcast. That we'll see how how Lamella will will figure in here. But um, let's move let's move on to number four. Kind of arguably the first surprise of the draft. You know, a lot of people really pegged. I think the Chicago to take uh, Denny Abdia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, potentially even, you know, take Tyrese Halliburton that high. However, they went with Patrick Williams, who uh, was a uh, kind of de facto six man on a four state team. Big physical, physical wing. I mean, he's got all the NBA tools you're looking for. Just didn't play, didn't play a lot. More of a, um, more of a, definitely a working project. But I mean, he's got all the, all the check boxes for physical tools that you're looking for in a, in a you know a Paul George type wing, um, so I mean, what what did you think about the Bulls taking Patrick Williams and um, and him going at number four? I was shocked. Uh, Chuck, who been on the podcast before, big Chicago Chucky, big Chicago, new dad Chucky, new dad, a big Chicago Bulls fan. He was very upset because one, he didn't know who uh, Patrick was, so that was a bad thing, and. Once he started looking him up, saying, how do we take someone the number four overall pick in the draft where he was a six man in college? And just looking at ESPN's drafting, their projected role for him as a three and D combo forward. And you take these things with a grain of salt because some people improve on their own time and become better than what ESPN thinks. But I, I was shocked. I did not think they would go this way. I feel like. No offense to Mr. Williams. If you wanted him, you could have got him a lot lower. You could have traded down and got more picks and got him if this was your guy. I just, I was shocked by the move. I mean, they got Zach Levine and some others, but if he's going to come in there, play some defense, and uh, be a big physical imposing presence, then I, that's what Chicago wanted. And that's what they got. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's yeah, a, really a a project here, and we've seen projects pan out really well. Obviously, I mean, when um, when the Bucks took Giannis, I mean, no one in the right mind. I mean, they just had seen some like Greek YMCA like gym highlights, basically against yeah. just him like bullying talent um and was obviously rail thin and everything else now you don't have the the thin issues here with um with patrick williams um at, at 220 i mean 225 but again he's he's a a really kind of a, a combo offensive threat um who can who can you know also screen a lot in the right system i could see him doing that a lot for zach levine doing a lot of one-two stuff with him down the road but again i mean there's just there's just a lot of question marks here um, I don't want to say that, I mean, it was like a trash pick or anything like that, but, um, high free throw percentage shooter, um, 83% when he gets to the line. Um, but I mean, he's, he's going to be a great, at worst, he's going to be a really great wing defender. I think, um, you know, I see a lot of kind of, you know, Jeff green ish in him, maybe not Jeff green's mentality. Cause I mean, Jeff green, my opinion could be a, could have been an eight time all-star or something. Um, if, if he just had the the willpower and energy and you know had that had that mental side of his game. I mean, I, you can ask our other buddy, um, Jeremy Young. I'm I've had stock on Jeff Green Island for years, even though everybody's like, why does this guy keep getting money in contracts? But um, you know, I mean I'm I'm excited. I hope I really hope Patrick pans out. I mean, the league is at its best when you've got your big, you know, six six eight to six uh ten wings that can just score over top of people you're your Durant's, your Giannis's, your your Kawhi's, your Paul George's, and and maybe we're looking here in two three years, and Patrick Williams is that next budding guy to uh, to break out that way. Maybe starts on the defensive end, works on that three point shot a little, and gets there. So, agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, the number five overall pick was the to, most important pick in the draft. Was to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Evan, I'm gonna sit back, and this is your segment go ahead and tell us what the Cavs did and what you like and did like about it. The Cavs perspective, you know, there's they have Jetty Osmond at the at the three, um, you know, who's who at times shows some great flashes. He can finish in finish in traffic. Um at times he's kind of a, a bad uh bad from a shot selection standpoint. Great really good um developing three point uh option on the end for for kick and shoots. Um, when he starts to ISO down and everything else, um, that's when that's when Jetty gets gets in trouble. But uh, I think for the Cavs, what what really stood out the most with with them, and they they also entertained offers for, for the number five pick and and falling back and looking harder at and Obi Toppin, uh, you know, a Dayton native and everything, or uh, not Dayton native, New York native by way of uh, playing at Dayton UD. Um, I think what stood out for them with with Isaac was, um, you know, he's that. He's that uh, that high motor, every every twenty four second shot clock kind of guy like they they saw and fell in love with with Colin Sexton a couple of years ago. I mean, he's Colin Six, Sexton's nickname is Young Bull. Um, you know, I want to look at Isaac. I mean, he is a bull defensively. I mean, he he's a guy you can stick on somebody's best perimeter player every game, um, and just he's just he's just a a freak size wise. I mean, not, not so much in stature, but I mean, Martin, this guy could probably like bench press some D lineman out of the gym. I mean, he's got just boulders on his <laughs> shoulders. Um, he was a big part of, of Auburn's, um, Auburn's run last year, um, in, in college basketball before things went down, you know, only average 12.8 a game. Um, really, he's going to have to really work on that, that, that distance shot. He claims he's been, he's been plugging away all summer working on that. I mean, you've got to hit the NBA three to be a, a a wing in this league so he's he's six six in my opinion maybe a you know a hair undersized for for the wing position um Cavs do have kevin porter jr too that they've had in the uh um you know having the wings and, and you know in my opinion arguably their best kind of prospect of the last couple drafts with with garland and sexton and everything else um so he's he's in the mix as well too so i mean but i mean you'll see some really small lineups i think with Three or three of the four guys out in the court at the same time with with love as a big and maybe a stretch four like um, you know Jetty if you're going super small but um, you know Isaac is again his his defensive IQ is 
his mentality, um, how he how he attacks practices, his size. I mean, this was the pick for the Cavs, who were the worst defensive team last year in basketball. Um, you know, they're they're undersized. Colin Sexton came in, kind of hanging his hat on defense, coming from Alabama. He really gets picked apart um, in at, at times, and I think it's just kind of a mentality thing. And Colin will Colin will get better at that. There's no doubt in my mind. He's got the tools and put on a lot of muscle himself in the last uh, last nine ten months uh, without basketball. But you know, I, we sorely need that. You can't change an entire defensive scheme and shoot us up the rankings and you know um, points allowed, points allowed in the paint, um, you know three point percentage allowed, and everything else just by adding one guy. But I think that lightens the load for the others and helps them with some of their deficiencies when you have a guy like Isaac come in. So um, kind of a stretch here. I mean, Isaac Isaac certainly has in front of him the opportunity to. I don't think he's going to start the Cavs first preseason game and uh, against Indiana next Saturday. But, I mean, he certainly got the potential to two, three months in. He could be our starting small forward. Um, and he certainly got the potential to kind of take the the Jimmy Butler approach where you you're a physical wing coming in um to the league that that kind of hangs your hat on defense you develop the the shot I mean Jimmy coming out of uh, uh Marquette was anything but a, a shooter and he's really good at picking his shots now and was key to the the heat's run of the finals last year but um I I really I probably was going to sell myself on whoever it was Martin to be honest that the Cavs picked at five but um, I am really excited about Isaac Akura. Um, I, I can't wait to see him out there on the basketball court with our guys running the floor, you know, helping in, helping in the passing lanes with, with deflections, with when you get on a mismatch on you and he's able to body up that, that big who's trying to uh, exert a mismatch. He doesn't give a lot away at, at just 19 going on 20 here in another month or two. Um, really excited about Isaac. I have nothing to add to that if you are excited about him i'm definitely going to be watching i mean i watched him in Auburn too with uh bruce pearl which i think is bruce pearl's biggest uh draftee since being at Auburn. yeah easily at, easily at auburn it might have been if you include his tennessee teams too but i i can't i'm sure there's probably somebody i'm missing off the top of my head but this might be the highest pick he's had even dating back to his time with the balls which is crazy. Well, more power to that. Let's go to number six. Uh, okay, don't want to butcher his name. Okina. Onyeka, Onyeka Okonwu. Um, yeah. He was drafted to the Atlanta Hawks. And me personally, I with now the Hawks getting Rajon Rondo, I actually like this pick. The guy's strong. He's mobile. We talk about the new NBA. With the pick and roll game, you got to be able, if you're a big man, to be able to defend the perimeter. And the guy can do that. He averaged 1.6 steals and 3.5 blocks for his 40 minutes when he played. So, him being that big, athletic, being able to switch on uh, perimeter defenders, I actually see a lot of DeAndre Jordan in him. And DeAndre Jordan has done well in the NBA. I just think he needs to – he is 6'9", so he's a little bit shorter on the center side. But I do think with his leaping ability and being able to guard the perimeter, he can have a pretty long career here in the NBA being a lock-catching, shot-blocking type center like DeAndre Jordan, especially with Rajon Rondo. With you and yeah, I mean, that's going to really um... – Helped them, I think, where the Hawks have all but mailed it in on um, their draft pick from a couple of years ago, John Collins, unfortunately, and, and and they tried to move John Collins. That was kind of the the lob lob threat of sorts um, and the pick and roll threat with with Trey so far um, in the league. But um, what I really like about Okongwu, and again, I the Cavs, you know, ended up moving on from Tristan Thompson uh, in the off season, but he. Uh, he certainly would have been a, a, a great pick, I think, for us as well. I mean, I see a lot of BAM in him, I'll be honest. Um, I mean, you've got this this raw, athletic freak in the post that's uh, that can handle really well for a big. Um, I mean, by by all means, he's not – I mean, size-wise, he's very comparable to, um, to Patrick Williams, obviously probably outweighs him by another 20 pounds or so, maybe a little bit longer standing reach. But what differentiates – the, him from I think Patrick Williams too is just I mean he's just so versatile as a 
as a defender, I mean, you can you can put them basically probably two through four and be all, or two through five and be all right defensively. Um, if he gets switched out on the perimeter uh, on a guard or something like that, I mean, he can he can close out um, to make up for the the lack of foot speed um, having to to chase around those those smaller guys. But you're right, bringing in Rajon Rondo, playing alongside Trey Young, that's really going to bode well for him for uh, pick and roll stuff. Where he does need to develop a little bit more is. Hey, if you're catching the ball at the foul line off a off a double team split or your um your rim running, he sometimes he hesitates a little bit before re- realizing, hey, I'm gonna commit to attacking the basket, or I'm gonna look for that that kick out back to three, or I'm gonna catch that guy who's who's rim running um from the wings down to the basket um to get that that extra pass for the easy bucket. So that'll come in time. I mean, he's he's in he's only 19, as most of all these guys are, but um, he's in a really good spot, I think, in in Atlanta. So I I I really like Okongwu um, and and what I saw out of him at USC. Going to the number seventh pick, I think. Detroit basketball. Sorry, I had to say it. Is first player from overseas, Killian Hayes from France, six five, Frenchman, one ninety two. Uh, he plays the shooting guard position. I think um, he's 6'5", so that's always a good frame, especially for a shooting guard. Has the tools. He could play defense. He could change speeds when he has the ball. I personally have not seen him all too well. I had to look up his highlights before coming on and talking about it because I've never seen him play. So, Evan, if you've seen the guy play, please, please enlighten us. Yeah, I mean, with – yeah, I mean, with – with Killian, um, he he kind of made a, a name for himself from a journalist. Um, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer said, "Yep, number one pick. He's he's the best option available to be drafted in this draft, three thousand wow. percent." So people are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's this guy?" Um, and and a lot of people contested that. Um, a, a, another nineteen-year-old, and and you know, kind of was the case. Uh, you know, with uh, with some of our other picks, I mean, barely 19 here. Um, really dynamic guard. Lefties, I always feel like that helps you, you know, shout out Jalen Rose and the lefty squad. He's always propping them up on Twitter and stuff for the rare lefties in the league because every once in a while, you get in the heat of battle and, and NBA action and you uh, you get taken off with, uh, taken off uh, your, your feet and maybe a step slower to contest lefties just um, out of instinct um, as opposed to, uh, People are traditional righty shooters, but um, average 11.6 points per game, five, uh, 5.4 uh, assists, really low three-point um, shot of, of 29% and um, almost a 90% foul shooter. So, it, you know, minus the three-point shot, really what you're looking for in a, a wing. He's got great court vision um, for his age. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really good pick for a Detroit team that just needs talent in so many, so many areas. Um, I really like, I mean, they're unfortunately that's going to come with a lot of expectations for Killian. Um, but I mean, I also kind of like those things where you don't have to fit somebody else's system as opposed to Nyeko Kongwu, um, you know, coming in, he doesn't have to be the center point of an entire franchise, uh, with a pick. And that's kind of the case with in Detroit with, with Killian Hayes here. Um, he's, he's really great on the pick and roll. Um, he's, uh, you know, for his size, he's, he's two fifteen. which, I mean, we've seen some tinier guards in here with, you know, Mr. Ball being another, another one for, for his size height weight wise, but, you know, six, five, two fifteen. I mean, he can kind of volleyball some smaller defenders who are, you know, six, two, six, three and under, you know, your, your, maybe your Fred Van Bleets in a couple of years, those kinds of things, even though Fred's a really good defender himself for his barely six foot size. Um, I mean, high expectations with Killian, um, and, you know, there's so many guys, there's so many question marks up and down this lottery, Martin, and probably beyond, you know how it goes that, you know, if you're giving me a handful, if you ask me today, who are like four guys that when we all look back at, at this and say, how did everybody miss on this guy? I'm not saying Killian's going to be that. I would not be surprised if in three, four, five years, Killian Hayes is the best player in this draft. There's just, again, there's, there's a lot in question marks been a year, like no other. We haven't had basketball in seven to eight months. Um, another overseas guy where sometimes the, the game footage and, and the talent and everything else is, is hard to see how and project how it's going to translate in the NBA. But um, Killian certainly got all the tools and he'll certainly have the, uh, the platform in Detroit to, 
to uh, to make the most of his opportunity here in in the the world's biggest league. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We went from Detroit basketball to the Mecca, the New York Knicks. And every time the Knicks pick is up, there is always intrigue on who they take. And they Martin, took, I re- Martin, I realized in the draft. Sorry, go ahead. They took they took Obi Toppin, the man, the college basketball player of the year from right down the road from us, Dayton, Ohio. But Evan, go ahead. You were going to say. I, well, I just went to say, like, in terms of the draft, so the draft being held um, virtually um, with, you know, fans piped in and everything else. Um, man, that's, I, I didn't realize till the Knicks picked. I miss the, the shock Knicks fan video footage uh-huh. desperately. The, the kid with the, just, I've, I've lost my first puppy, like just mm-hmm. shock on his face the snapchat kid or whatever we called him um i miss those crazy over reactions that the passionate nick fans give to to every draft pick and unfortunately rightfully so with with how they've spent the last few years um in you know eight to ten years you go back to the ronaldo balkman first round picks and <laughs> all those all those awful awful disasters um you know with the exception of of chris stops and a couple others in there but with with OB, as you said, um, a, another guy that honestly I would have loved to have on Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'd put him at the top of my list. We just talked with the last pick. You know, if you're looking ahead three, four, five years, who would you not be surprised? The best player in this draft. You know, it well could be of hey, we're looking at OB with you know, 20 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game. You know, shoots almost 40 percent from three, six nine, six eleven wingspan. I part of me really thinks, and I'll be honest. Like as as high as I am on Okuro, I could have equally has been as high on on Toppin here. I mean, Martin, are we are we like missing something completely like obvious with us? Like we listen to the pundits too much talk us out of you know his slow defensive work and the fact that I mean he's just kind of that he's just kind of a you know a rolling four and a, a stretch four. Um, I mean, it, it part of me just feels like I mean it's it's way too obvious. This guy should be or could be, could well be, or should be the best player in this draft. I mean, statistically, he is. Statistically, he is. Accolades, he was. Uh, I think, too, with the modern NBA, the dude's 6'9", and he could jump out the gym. He has huge hands. He runs the floor hard. But I don't want to say, because we have to see him play, but what, if he gets in the right situation, what's he's in the, he, Well, let's cross that off. He plays for the Knicks. That is true, too. But maybe five years from now when he gets traded or he signs with someone else or, in fact, I mean, the Knicks get something on track. What's the difference between putting him at five and running small ball that the Warriors do with Draymond? Well, did with Draymond. Um, Not. Yeah. I mean, a a good thing. I mean, he's not he's he's not. And I don't think he projects to be any anything near Draymond defensively. uh, The defensive player of the year. But no, I see what you're saying. I mean, small ball. Right offense, where you've got some other help to to help in the paint, because I mean, he's at times he's he can't. I don't know if he can be your. I mean, he could be your crunch time five, but I don't know if he can be your your back line of defense when somebody breaks contain, is in, in attacking the basket with ruthless abandon. Um, but I mean, again, I part of me just really thinks, and I told. Um, I told some some other buddies this too, of like, man, like, are we just are we just overthinking this guy? Like the stats kind of speak for themselves. I mean, the, the tape we saw it, you know, it, it, it Dayton and stuff too. I mean, I know the, the footwork's got to get there defensively. He doesn't move as, is is great um, in terms of his, his form, his hips, um, how low he gets in his defensive stance, those kinds of things. But I mean, this guy, this guy really kind of looks like Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. And Evan, to go to your point too, because we've been we've been saying the new age NBA a lot on this podcast, and a lot of people with the new age NBA they want to take that one and done uh, eighteen to nineteen year old because the talking head yep, believes right. more upside, but they don't want to take the guy who's twenty twenty two because they don't think they have as much upside, even though you're not in your physical prime until you're like 27, 28. So he would technically have like six to eight years before that. And we've seen a lot of uh, 20, 20, 22 year olds who've been in the draft. I mean, we brought his name up earlier, Dwayne Wade, 
he was someone who was 20 something and people weren't that too too high on him even though he was a number five pick but look what he turned out to be Red man lead at Wichita State. I mean, it's yeah. all about it's all about effort, and you, you, that is an excellent point, Martin. I mean, we get we we've accepted some some norms from our our folks in charge of the NBA draft. We've accepted mm-hmm. that you've got to you've got to have high upside, whatever. I mean, we know what that is, but sometimes we we overthink guys like this um, based on the upside and the age, and we accept that you know college basketball players who've been there three years, four years, um, aren't as valuable and don't project to be much compared to the 19-year-old, um, basically, athletic bucket of goo you can get from any draft pick um, that you can mold into who you want. Sometimes somebody else's, you just, at some point, you got to trust that somebody else has done the molding and this is a really, really good prospect here. So. Um, I really like the Knicks pick here. Um, you know, you put you pair him with you know your your Frankie Nicotine. You you pair him with um, oh help me out. Who's a really good center this year? Offensive rebounding machine. Uh, was it? I don't. Was it Julius Randle? Was it him? No, but you do have Julius Randle there, obviously. But um, oh, this is going to be a killer when I come back and listen to this pod. <laughs> But no, I mean, I really like the pick here for the Knicks. Um, he's he just brings so much, and I, I just again, I wonder if four and five years from now, um, if I'm looking it up as we speak, it's actually stolen. Um, if if he's not he's not the guy that was just way too way too obvious. So Mitchell Robinson's the guy. So you you have, I mean, I think too, Mitchell Robinson's a good defensive center. I mean, you can run you can run Obi at the 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 four there. Um, you know, maybe you can, you can bump Julius Randall up to the, the three of sorts, but it kind of hurts you a little bit defensively, you know, and you've got, you've got, um, RJ there. If you want to go super big and bump RJ down to, if he's typically small forward into, uh, the number two role, a lot, a lot of good opportunity. He's a hometown New York city kid. Um, I really like this pick for the Knicks. Um, Martin, let's move on to the wizards of the district of Columbia. Wizards took uh, another guy I was really, really high on. Um, and I, wa- I mean, I watched so much film on Okuro, on, um, on Toppin, and who the, uh, the Wizards took here uh, with, with Denny Avdia. You know, a lot of people want to make the comparisons of, hey, you've got a, a young 19-year-old, um, long 6'9", um, European kind of combo forward, and people start looking, oh, Luca, Luca, Luca. Uh, first off, Luca's basically the slovenian or um i can't serbian i can't remember where he's from he's from slovenia um lebron james in my opinion so he's not that so people need to stop talking about that but denny does a lot of really really good things i mean his his court vision martin is just out of this world i mean some of the pace some of the passes he makes the through passes through the holes that don't exist or or only open just briefly and in terms of uh, running the open court um, and finishing, he's a crafty finisher. He really, really is is a good defender at at nineteen too. At again at six nine, um, he'll he'll put on a little bit of weight probably uh, here in the next couple of years. Two fifteen is probably a little light, but I mean that's that's not a spot where you're going to get completely muscled around by you know the wings of the of the uh, the NBA here. But um, really great ball handler can run the pick and roll um, phenomenally. Really love this pick for the Wiz. Um, you know, to, to go with, with, uh, with Bradley Beal as another ball handler for, uh, you know, pick and roll, another pick and roll combination with, with, uh, Thomas Bryant, uh, attacking the, the bucket. And then, uh, a little teaser for, for part two of our podcast. Um, somebody else who can, who can do a lot of off ball stuff with Denny with one Russell Westbrook. All right. Only thing I, I, yeah, I didn't like the Luca comparisons. As too well. high expectations for the kid. Too tough, but that's, he's still that, good. That's true, and I don't know if my expectations are as high or higher. Who I'm going to potentially, potentially compare him to, just because of the aggressive offensive side I did in the pick and roll. I want to compare him to probably my top three foreign player ever, uh, Manu Ginobili, with the way that Ginobili used to attack. 
the basket back in the day, and then he developed as a defender, obviously under Popovich, and the guy can pass too, and he's not afraid, and he has that swagger. And Ginobili, obviously, you saw him throughout the years. Big moments, that guy really shines. So I'm not saying he could potentially be a Manu either, but just the way he attacks the basket reminds me a little bit of Ginobili, early in Ginobili's career. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the the early Ginobili passing game down. I mean, he just he see, I, I mean, he sees the floor so well for 19, and that's so rare. That really helps guys, um, you know, down the road too. But you know, he, I mean, on the other end, it's a, as it is the case with all rookies. I mean, you got to prove yourself at, at 19. But um, I really like that when I looked at the Cavs. When you look at the Wizards, they're they're teams that could really use. Um, a solid three. I think both teams got got their guy. At least they're going to invest the next three, four years in. Um, and uh, I think he adds a lot to the Wizards, who I think are going to surprise a lot of teams this year for the the playoff run and and the play in um, games for a playoff run. Martin, let's go on to um, baby glasses. Dwight, baby Dwight Howard with glasses uh, <laughs> at number ten. As the Suns, uh, Suns pick up uh, Jalen Smith from Maryland, six ten, seven one and a half wingspan, just physical, physical post presence um, to uh, to pair with uh, um, uh, to pair with Chris Paul, to pair with um, uh, Devin Booker, and to uh, pair with the oh gosh, the draft pick driving the center from um, the Bahamas we just drafted a couple years ago. DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, yes. So, I mean, that's that's suddenly a, a really, really long um, lineup and, and some exciting pick-and-roll stuff. You've got no better pick-and-roll guy. Not to say, I mean, he's as quick or whatever, but, I mean, we all know how crafty Chris Paul is. you got Chris Paul feeding you the ball wide open with, with a couple of dribbles to, to slam the hoop. I mean, really like, really like Jalen Smith's um, uh, – mechanics too as a shooter i mean i think that's going to surprise a lot of folks too i mean we saw that maryland 15 and a half points a game 10 and a half boards um and then you know kind of a, a semi-block party in the big 10 with 2.4 uh, blocks a game uh at night from this young man martin what do you think about the pick oh i i really don't have that much to add about him per se i watched him obviously because he was in at maryland and he was in the big 10 so going against ohio state I think the biggest issue, I think I brought this up with one of the other bigs, is that I don't know if he can guard the perimeter when he gets switched off on a pick and roll. Because, I mean, that's just the name of the game now, pick and roll. Can your big guard the perimeter? It just does so much much more for your defense if they can. And he's going to be going against the top perimeter players in the league when he gets switched. So I think that um, is my only concern off the top of my head but with the acquisition of Chris Paul and I think Devin Booker is going to have a breakout uh, year I think this guy can really really prosper and I do I mean floor spacing he's a shot blocking big that's the type of attributes that can give you a 5, 10, 15 long career in the league yeah I mean I do question I do question having him and, and Aiton I mean they're they're definitely two different bigs. I mean, Aiton's more of your your physical kind of half court big. Um, your like your your Greg o- Odin in college type thing. Um, but I mean, that is a lot of investment in two two centers that that early on. Um, now again, he can you can use a really big lineup with the two of them playing uh, just from Jalen Smith's uh, ability to to stand out and shoot a little bit. But um, I do worry about it, like. Is there a crowded front court already, and they haven't even played, um, you know, one game or preseason game yet? So we'll we'll see on the the Suns, but obviously from a pick and roll perspective, um, Jalen's really going to benefit um, <clears throat> from uh, from having Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker and and getting uh, being the beneficiary of of lobs and rolls to the rim off double teams and everything else. So let's move to the team that did not make the playoffs for um, the first time uh, this millennia. The San Antonio Spurs, who drafted uh, Devin Vassell um, out of Florida State. Uh, Devin, re- another really good defender, long 6'7", six, 6'10", six, wingspan. A lot of similar things to, to Isaac Okoro. Um, there was a leaked video um, amidst all of the 
hey, we're, we're doing scouting reports on YouTube. Martin, did you see the, the leaked Devin Vassell shooting form video? I did. I saw it. Oh, it looked absolutely awful. And now, granted, like two months later or a month later, he, like he finally like, spoke on it. Was like, oh, I was just screwing around after practice one day, and people were like, what? Maybe he should take him. You know, like maybe we just been way overthinking this. But I don't know if I don't know if I'm buying that one. Two. Um, I mean, he he wasn't that great a shooter anyway. But I mean, he's super long. I mean, his release at six ten. I mean, reminds me a lot of he's he's definitely shorter. But I mean, he reminds me of like a poor 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 man's um uh jalen brown to uh to a um from a release standpoint at times so i mean like i think that that part of his game is going to come um but really again really versatile wing um really great uh defensive effort i think he's i mean he's your prototypical spur you're he's a guy who's going to be a three and d guy and then um how he develops in terms of his his uh his ball handling ability and everything else um will determine uh his success in the league and obviously learning under pop as long as pop's going to be there and, and becky hammond and tim duncan um great system great pick oh yeah with, with whoever the spurs were going to take i was just going to say they know what they're doing i mean they they always find diamonds in the rough from manu to tony parker uh, they they always know what they're doing so Maybe that that's obviously giving Pop the benefit of the doubt, which he obviously deserves. So anyone who the Spurs pick, that's what I was going to say, regardless. But he's good. <laughs> he's good. He is good though. So we'll see how Pop and they needed some guard debt. So we'll see how Papa does it with him. Let's. We're going to Sacramento. We're going to Sacramento. Yes, the best. The best thing that has happened to the Sacramento Kings and. Mm, well, I, I shouldn't say best thing because they fired Blotty, so that's probably the best thing. Um, but the second best thing is yes. drafting Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton, a six-five uh, guard from shooting guard from from Iowa State, six-eight, uh, really long. I mean, arguably the best shooter in this draft. Another guy that when I look at Toppin, this is the this is the one A or number two when we're we look at our draft and in five years you told me Tyrese Halliburton was the Devin Booker of this draft, I'd believe you. Oh he's really? he's yeah. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying he is, but I mean this guy's this guy's got all the tools. I mean how how he handles pick and rolls, he's not solely just a, a spot up shooter. Um got really great NBA range. I mean, tremendous form. Uh, I could have seen this guy going. Um, I, I think it's really surprised he fell that far. I know the Celtics were like, "Dear God, please let him fall to us. Let him fall to us." Um, and thankfully, he did not go to those um, New Englanders that are so so greedy over there. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I love I love the pick. I'm sorry he has to play for the Kings, but maybe this is what finally gets the Kings turned around. Martin, thoughts on one Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State? I mean, with I mean, with the Kings, though, I mean, with De'Aaron Fox and uh, Buddy Heald, who's also over there, they, I mean, it's a guard league, so you got three guys who can shoot and play from the perimeter. I, I don't know how defensively he is, and the Kings is, like you said, they're a mess, but he was a great college player, and you are right that a lot of people actually potentially saw him going in the top four. Yeah, so there's some discussions with the Bulls at four easily. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Chuck would have rather had him than who they took, but that's neither here or there. But falling to 12 was one of the biggest surprises in the draft. The dude, again, he's an older, he's polished, intelligent, versatile. I mean, I think he can be a great fit on the Kings if the Kings don't mess it up. Which they... I mean, they're they're Nick's West in a lot of ways. I mean, it's the same. It's the same <laughs> thing. I mean, it, it's just absolutely crazy how long it's been since they've made the playoffs. I mean, like I think I think they do have the longest. I could be wrong. I'm just off the top of my head. I hear, but I think they do have the longest playoff drought um, in basketball right now. So obviously, the Knicks have made the playoffs with those mellow J.R. Smith uh, years, and uh, but I mean they. They've got a lot of work to do, obviously. Um, I think for the the Kings, I think we're going to see 
I think that we're going to see them move on from, from buddy closer yeah. to the trade deadline. I think he's made it public. He wants out, not happy with his role there. Um, obviously they just, they just re-upped um, De'Aaron Fox, as you said. And again, De'Aaron's a great, great player. I just, I mean, I really like Tyrese Halliburton's upside and, um, and what he brings to the table. I mean, Again, I'm not not to take away from from De'Aaron Fox. I know I said earlier, like the best thing that happened to the Sacramento Kings, but um, I mean, I think De'Aaron Fox obviously was was the obvious choice there. But I think this is really, hey, the basketball gods finally smiled on Sacramento, um, as opposed to you know De'Aaron just being available when they were there and not necessarily falling 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 to them. It's kind of more expected he'd be around when they picked. But I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is he's going to be a player, man. Um, I don't know if it's going to be year one and it's going to be a, um, a Tyler hero type turnaround that quick, but um, really excited for him. Uh, Martin, two more picks here to conclude the, the lottery. And then we'll just kind of loosely talk about, um, you know, maybe some, some picks later on that, that we really liked um, or didn't like or had to comment on. Um, let's, let's do them kind of together here. So at 13, the Pelicans took uh, Kyra's Kyra Lewis jr. Uh, from Alabama. Um, he's a, fast. He's fast. Oh, he's fast. Absolutely. Go ahead. And then at, at 14, the Celtics took um, Aaron Neesmith from the maybe the, the best three-point shooter in the draft um, from Vanderbilt. Martin, comments on, on both those picks for those teams? Uh, with, with Aaron, though, with three-point shooting, because, you know, it's so important in the league, so I think that was a good pick by Boston. If he would have went any lower, I could have potentially – seen him going to Philadelphia because we know how much they need shooting. And with uh, Lewis Jr., that, that guy is quick. He's go, I mean, speed kills. And from watching quick point guards from back in the day, Tony Parker and, and like Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook, if you can get to the rim, you can do a lot of things in this age NBA. So I think that both of these players will do well in their systems. I don't know if I see either of them potentially starting, but definitely good backup players come off the bench. Yeah, I mean, at, at the time, it didn't make sense when you have um, when you have Lonzo Ball and you have Drew Holiday on your team um, for, for Kyra Lewis Jr. But as we saw, the, the Pelicans move on from, uh, from Drew Holiday. Um, you know, Kyra Lewis comes in and he's – He's kind of that De'Aaron Fox, um, you know, speed demon. Uh, I mean, just absolutely. Uh, you got to get out the stopwatch to get to watch that guy go into end quick. I mean, he's and and he's really good defensively too. I mean, quick quick decision maker. Which sometimes too, I mean, he'll he'll overexert himself um, on the offensive end, try to force something at times. On defensive end, he'll he'll try to um, you know speed up a anticipation of a jump and, and get bit on a on a backdoor play or something like that but i really like this move for the 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 pelican just to add a new wrinkle to that i mean they got a lot of question marks to figure out i mean they're i i mean they're a great team i mean they got to figure out continually to work zion in obviously you still got jj reddick for another year um i mean they just they're i don't want to say they're the island of mismatched toys but i mean they definitely are looking for direction um, that's why they made the coaching change. That's why Sam Van Gundy's in there. Um, I think you're going to see them more defensive minded and, and Kyra Lewis, I mean, reminded me a lot of Colin Sexton at, uh, at Alabama just for a couple years, uh, prior in, in terms of, of how he approaches the game defensively. Um, you know, how, how quick he is to, to beat a guy to a spot, um, in terms of, uh, walk, uh, competing with those guards night in and night out, um, on the defensive end. But, no, I, I do really like the, the pick there. And then uh, for the Celtics, um, it's kind of just a, a luxury wing pick, you know. I mean, I know they need some some perimeter shooting, and they definitely need some bench depth. They got that in Aaron Neesmith. Um, and again, as, as we've been talking about, his, uh, his three-point shooting acumen is just really, really, really good. Um, I mean, 52% technically. I know not a lot of games played, but I mean, that's just absurd. Uh, 23 points per game, 4.9 uh, rebounds, uh, almost a steal and a half. Six six with a six ten wingspan. Um, I think he's he's going to be what you know something that you know maybe projected two or three years can make up for what they're getting out of Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward, who they will eventually lose. We'll talk about part two a little bit more. Um, 
but no, another great pick. So Martin, as we wrap things up and you're looking down the rest of the draft here, give me, let's just go back and forth on two guys, two guys that you're like, you know what? I think, I think this guy can really turn out to be something with this specific team. So guys that have maybe fell to a certain spot, or this is exactly what this team needed. Who jumps off the board at you looking um, from the Magic down to the Celtics at, at 30 in the first round? Uh, number 21, Tyrese Maxley. Love it. To, to Philadelphia 76ers. Me personally, I think that's one of the best picks, picks, picks in the draft. I, the guy's a versatile guard, which that is what Philadelphia needs ever since they lost Jimmy Butler. <laughs> he can get full, he can shoot, he can operate out of the pick and roll, he can manipulate ball screens, he can score in transition, which is perfect when you're with a point guard like Ben Simmons. So I personally think that is one of my quote unquote sleeper top picks of the draft. You stole you stole that one from me but good thing i've got i've got a few other ones i want to comment on um just one quick note tyrese maxi um obviously i had the 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 espn branded um shootout shoot around workout type thing with with anthony edwards that happened like a week before the draft that just kind of came out of nowhere so i mean we we saw on that too i mean like he's got good form i mean the rest the the consistency stuff will come but I mean, oh my word, did the Sixers need some help um, shooting from the perimeter? I mean, that's that's what's going to really open up this offense. And and we've seen Ben Simmons. We've talked about this in other pods. We've seen Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid really thrive, but it, they thrive they thrive when they had JJ Redick as a as a three point shooting threat. They thrive when they had um, uh, Jimmy Butler who could who could step back there and and take some spot up threes and stuff too. So we've seen them address that with some some off season moves and. Um, uh, arguably none bigger than, than getting Tyrese Maxey there. Um, for me, I got to go to the very first pick outside of the lottery, Martin. And some high school recruiting boards had him as the um, as the top player coming out of the, uh, what was it, the class of 2019. Uh, and that's one, Cole Anthony. Okay. Look, if you're the Magic, you've been looking for a a headliner. You've been looking for a guy you can you can put the franchise around since since Dwight left. And you know, Cole, by all accounts, kind of um, kind of somewhat underperformed a little bit in North Carolina. I think with the system, it was it was it was just whatever reason. It just was a kind of a down year. One with COVID, but two, just kind of a down like system year for. Roy Williams in North Carolina. I mean, I think Cole was expected to do way too much. They just kind of, um, and I don't know if because he can also do a lot of off ball stuff, but they they had the ball in his hands a lot. He kind of forced himself in the way. But I mean, again, this guy was arguably the best guy coming out of high school in the class of 2019. Phenomenal, phenomenal ball handler. Um, obviously, son of of uh, NBA is uh, Greg Anthony. Kind of helped with with some of the names and stuff. Um, I really like the pick for the Magic, um, who have to replace uh, um, uh, the guard they just lost to Milwaukee DJ Augustine um, now. But I, I really, really like the pick, and I think he could be the future of, of the Magic. Martin, who is someone else? Oh, someone else who I... I was going to... I almost was going to say Jaden... Jaden McDaniels with um I like that. Yeah, but I was gonna say the dude's huge. I mean he's six ten and six ten with a potential eight eleven standing reach, that is And he's got wild. the foot speed to be so, a long a long uh it, foot speed to be a three, a hundred percent. This isn't a four, this is a three right here. Yeah, so he was the other name I thought about when we um, talked about who outside of the lottery, but he was the other one. Who was yours? One more before we end this one and go to part two. For me, I think I got to go with the uh, the the I um, the, the the guard from Stanford, um, Tyrell Terry. Fourteen. Okay. I mean, if you go, if you get a chance to watch some footage on him, Tyrell Terry, man, really, really beautiful stroke. 
definitely smaller guard. It's it's six two. Got to put some weight on. Only one hundred seventy four pounds. Um, so kind of, I mean, size wise, very similar to Darius Garland um, for the Cavs a year out from Vanderbilt himself. But I mean, pure stroke, um, uh, just unlimited range. I mean, dude can pull up from wherever. So really, really, really like the uh, the Tyrell Terry pick there. Uh, and that was the top of the second round um, with the the Mavericks. So I kind of cheated a little bit and went into the, the – so you've got him to basically replace um, Seth Curry, who um, signed with the uh, the Sixers. So Or actually, was he traded there, signed there? I don't know. He's on the Sixers now. So. Yeah. And that's the, that's the end right. of the draft. Go Cavs. Preseason starts, <laughs> preseason starts uh, a week from today. All right, everyone, you heard them, and we are not done. We are coming with part two of our NBA conversation that we are going to be talking about the NBA offseason and the moves that have been happening. So if you just finished this, get ready for part two. We are going to take a little break, uh, drink some water, use the bathroom, things like that. But NBA conversation part two will be coming to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to part one about the NBA draft. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.